Download the app. Bet big, win bigger. I've got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $5, win $400. If you're a new WinBet player, you can make your first deposit of $20 or more and become eligible for the offer after opting in. Following your first deposit, you can place a minimum $5 straight bet on any spread, over, under, or money line wager with odds of minus 120 or greater and have a chance to win $400 as a free bet credit. Come on, guys and gals. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Cowboy Reed here. Cowboy. Mm. Y'all have seen the socials already out. You all have seen the YouTube clips. Aiden Hutchinson brings it today. Aiden's going to tell you some great stories, how he kind of transformed his rushing style, Coach Harbaugh's workout gear, and what he's looking forward to in the semifinal against Georgia. And then Ryan McGee is going to wrap the bow on college football. We're doing bowl games. We're doing the playoff preview. He's hitting transfer portal, NIL deals. And you all saw this on YouTube, but Chris and Ryan talk Urban Meyer being fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got more video going out on YouTube from both these interviews, so check that out at GreenlightTube. Enjoy both Aiden and Ryan. These were fun to do. And here is Thursday Night Time Machine. Make whatever. Thursday Night Time Machine. Not whatever, my man. Up four with a couple to play. So you hit two on the nose. You win. I have to hit two on the nose? Well, no, you hit one on the nose, and then you win the other, and then we have a tiebreaker situation. Okay, that's great. Reed, you want to read them? Wow. Dick's picks. Dick's picks. Chris, you say 27-24 Chargers. (laughs) Fuck me. Macon, 33-21 Chargers. (laughs) Lightning bolts, really. Go, Chargers, go. Yeah, we're both Chargers, fit. <laughs> now, here's the thing. My brother plays on the Chiefs. Oh. I gave out the Chiefs for Amazon because I figure more people see that, and I don't want, like, you know, anybody in Kansas City getting mad. I don't think anybody cares. If you have a brother on a team, do you, do you pick accordingly, or do you just you, you play it down the middle and be... Oh, integrity all the way. I don't care about family. I think the Chargers win this game. I do. I do think the Chargers win this game. And I'm going to hit it right on the nose, and we're going to, I'm going to live to fight another day. Okay. I hope you do. Thanks. I appreciate it. A lot of too high shell. A lot of too high shell. They, and not, they wrote the blueprint. Not only a lot of too high shell, Chris, will be uh, Russian four five. Chris Jones is out. That's right. That's a big deal.
Apache Junction, Arizona. Hello. <laughs> Hello! Apache Junction, huh? Apache Junction. When, when does that come up elsewhere? Bad Santa. Bad Santa, right. Kid's yes, on his yeah. lap. Mm -hmm. He says, what's the North Pole like? And it's almost Christmas. Nicely done. Billy Bob says, I don't know, like a suburb. Which one? Apache Junction. What the fuck do you care? That's good. It's brilliant. That's real good. Uh, my layup line song, I guess, is going to be... Closing time by Semisonic. No, we'll go leave in trunk. Johnny Jenkins, because I'm going on vacation over the weekend. Yeah. I can't tell you where. Virgin Gorda. Fuck you. <laughs> Somebody's going to find me and ask me for football takes. I'm Bradley Martin. Sorry, I don't know anything about football. Hey, a um, couple things. What are the couple things today? I mean, we've yep. got Ryan McGee. I'm going to talk to him about bowl games on the tail end of this pod. You've got to go do some real estate stuff. So uh, that'll be just me. And we got Aiden Hutchinson. That's awesome. Go uh, blue. Yeah. He's a defensive end. He's Hail to the, the conquering heroes and the champions of the West. I'll probably ask him which comp he gets annoyed by most. Chris <laughs> Out of Long, all the white defensive Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk to him in a few. I got to talk to you about something. Don't know if you saw this. Go ahead. Have you, been, have you looked at my Twitter over the last 24, 36 hours? Probably. Hard to avoid. Yeah, if you're looking you're at Twitter all the time. I like Succession. Oh, yes, I saw this. Yes. I was very excited. I thought it was maybe a setup there for a while. No. But judging by a couple of the replies, yeah, I knew you were earnest. That's great. Welcome. It was a 90-minute thing. The first 90 minutes of that show sucked ass because everybody was trying to read, put it in my statement before uh, the pod a couple of days ago. Everybody was trying to overdevelop themselves. Like, you know, the, like uh, we know you're X, Y, Z. That's one of my pet peeves. Like, I didn't ask you for that, that character's history. Slow cook this motherfucker. And they were not doing that. But now, like episode three of season one, I am all the way in. That's awesome. Who's yeah. your favorite character? Uh, probably Tom. Yeah. Yeah, Tom's the best. Shaking the tree. Tom Wamsgans. Uh, and, and we're going to face each other in the fantasy playoffs. I have a side league yeah. in which I'm also going to make the playoffs. Team's name is Tom Wamsgans. Really? Yeah, I'm a big Wamsgans guy. You like him too? Oh, yeah. How about him talking to the, the guy who's not so quick on his feet a lot? Greg They, they Greg have the a egg. really funny conversation. I don't know if you've gotten there, but sometimes if you, if you need to make an tomlet, you got to break some Greg's. Okay, well, that sounds like it, it's going to be funny when I hear it. Um, <laughs> the second time. <laughs> well, there, about that. <laughs> So last night I, I said I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the whole fucking succession, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it on time for the podcast. Thirty uh, hours. Well, here's the deal: I realized there's three seasons, yeah. so that didn't happen. But you know, I stopped to do something that I had to do, uh, and I had paused succession. I walked over in the kitchen, walked back, hit play, and it jumped me to a scene in Italy where they're riding on a boat. 
Uh, it's a wooden boat. It's a beautiful boat. It looks like they're on Lake Como. That's uh, that'd be the finale, right? So I so I keep watching. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I watch, and they roll up to this island, and there's a guy there with uh, he's tall, he's lanky, Skarsgård, yeah, yeah, he's got a fuck ton of money. Right. Calling my man's bluff, like kind of just big dick in the the big dick. How long did you last? Well, I'm like, man, this has escalated quickly. The guy just had a heart attack. <laughs> I mean, he's out on a boat. He's like, I'm just watching and watching and they go back and all of a sudden the guy's got a shaved head and he's got some like uh, weird jewelry on and they're like, you almost XYZ'd yourself a couple, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I was like, holy shit, I must have jumped ahead. Because I did this with Squid Game. I did this with... Uh, yeah, I was about to congratulate you for starting at the appropriate part, and then you detoured. There are three shows that I've accidentally jumped ahead on. Why? How? Why is this... Because if you hit play, like you, you talk into my, my Xfinity oh, remote, and I say... that's the problem. Yeah, well, I, I said uh, succession. The first time I talked to my remote last night, I said succession. Uh, but the second time I said succession, because I'm in. I think it just jumps you ahead to 10 minutes into the finale. Like, there, there's no reason for me to pick season three, episode nine, or whatever. Is that the finale? Yep, well, not, fuck me yeah. running, dude, because I... I, I you watched the whole thing? No, I watched like seven minutes of it. So then okay. I called Ryan, because you're asleep, to make sure <laughs> that it's worthwhile for me to keep watching. And he said, dude, you, what you know right now doesn't matter. It doesn't. Okay, good. He's right. So I'm into it. It's a character thing. And, you know... Words. Use, You'll love it. I could use a little less jacking off onto this the window. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you're in. I don't want to sound like holier than thou or anything, but I'm happy for you. Thank this you. will be good. No, but you're two for two. What you was know, the other one? White Lotus. Yeah. And this one. Pop culture synergy for you, you and me. You know, Kendall sucks. He truly does. But the shirt off thing, I don't know if he does that more. Like get the creative juices flowing. Maybe when we're in a rut here at this this studio, we should just take our shirts off. I agree. Disrupt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be anti-fragile, you know? Is that what it is? I can accommodate anything, yeah. That's, you, that's some... you in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, I want to say this. If, if anybody that works at uh, Aura is out there, it's a, have you guys heard of this Aura thing? It tracks your sleep. A-U-R-A. O-U-R-A. It's spelled differently. Oh, kind of like... My wife tried to get me one of these rings. They're supposedly ridiculous. They track your sleep like really well and like your heart rate and all this stuff. It's like a step up from an Apple Watch and then some and it's circled around rest and recovery. Because I have sleep disturbances. Did you know this about me? No. Bad. I wake up like I'm dying, dude. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Not like a night terror. Night terror with like a heartbeat of like 115. Could that actually be your dying? Maybe, but I mean, like, it, I'm, it's a, it's a huge cock tease at this point. Like, just do it, yeah, or don't. You know, like I'm trying to sleep. Um, checkpoint. Checkpoint. But, but she got me these rings, the, the aura. My fucking fingers don't fit any of you. They send you like uh, up to size 13. I can't get a single ring on any of my fingers, dude. So, aura, can you get me a bigger size? Like, can you get me a 14, please? I ordered not something dissimilar. It's called a Whoop. Yeah, Whoop. Well, about two months ago, they said it'd be there in about four weeks. Well, now they're saying it'll be there in about six months. So at least you have s something. You can maybe cut two in half and tape them together. Sounds like we got two companies that are going to be sending us stuff. Whoop. Would love, would love my order in like 2022 if possible. Thank you. What do you want me to ask Aiden Hutchinson? 
Would he rather be uh, known as a conquering hero or a champion of the West? Oh, that's interesting. I can write it down for you. Okay, thanks. Hey, take care. I'll see you when, when I get back from vacation. You Have go, a great time. You go sell some fucking houses, huh? Okay. Um, Next time when you have a vacation, can you do it over like a bunch of shows or like shows that I'm on? No problem. Doesn't feel like much of a break over here. Uh, every week's a break for you relative to the rest of this crew. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Aiden Hutchinson now. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Visit TickPick.com. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. Got rid of all the service fees that the other sites charge. TickPick guarantees the best prices on all of their NFL games. If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. If you're like me and you can't wait to get back into an NFL stadium, visit TickPick.com. So I got all everything uh, defensive end, uh, Michigan stud, Aiden Hutchinson on the line here. And we were just joking. I was like, I've been there before, but I didn't have to deal with a playoff too on top of that. How are you handling all this juggling all this action and it's happened pretty fast, huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just absolute craziness. Um, you know, it was like when we beat Ohio state, I mean, things just went crazy, you know, um, just with, with me and everything and with our team, you know, got to start prepping for a championship and, um, you know, we win that one and now we're in the playoffs yeah. and now, um, you know, we're moving on to bigger and better things and things I've never seen before. And, um, man, I, I am so fired up and, um, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on right now, but it's all exciting stuff. It's all fun. And, um, you know, towards my career. So I'm all in and, um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm ready to go and I'm ready to, uh, I can't wait for new year's Eve to come so we can play Georgia. Oh yeah. It's got to feel like a long wait. I mean, you know, like bowl season in general is always a long wait. And you're like, damn, we got to put the pads on for like three weeks. I mean, let's I know, just play right now, dude. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, you got to wait, do, do have a couple, you know, spring ball like practices, get back into it, and then yeah, um, it's a little annoying, but you know, it's it's okay. It's worth the wait. Um, speaking of worth the wait, I mean, like, I heard you had a bottom of the first round grade in your junior year. You like a lot of people listening don't realize this, and I went through this process two eons ago, but like you submit to see how high you would go and they'll give you kind of a range and you got what you got bottom of the first and into the second, maybe at, after your junior year, Yeah, bottom of the first kind of all the way through the second, I think they had like 30 to 70 or something like that. It was some number. So that's about like late third or late first to, you know, early third at the absolute latest. Now, do you think if you weren't, and I, I hadn't heard you talk a lot, but I just heard when you say fire, I can tell you're from, from you're a Michigan man. So I'm picking up the accent. If you were not a Michigan man, do you think you come back for your senior year? I mean, like, I know you, you guessed right. You, you bet on yourself right. and you bet right, but how much of it had to do with your loyalty to kind of like that program and all that history there for you personally and growing up there? Yeah, I think that was definitely a, a big part of it. Obviously, um, as a player, you got to look, you know, individually to see what's best for you in your career. Yeah. But one of those things that was so big is, you know, my dad went here, he won five rings, five big 10 championships. And I'm sitting here my junior year coming off of just a <laughs> shitty season. Yeah. And, um, 
And, you know, we went two and four in 2020. So I really just had such a bad taste in my mouth. And, um, you know, I, I made that decision, you know, both thinking about the team and myself to come back. And, you know, it's, it's definitely paid its dividends this year. Did anybody call you crazy when you said, I want to come back? Like you get in the bottom of the first round grade, you're coming off of, uh, what was it? A broken ankle? Yeah, broken ankle. Because I remember when I opted to come back, there were a lot of people that were like, eh, I don't know, buddy. Like, you should probably get the money now. Were there right. people in your circle that were giving you what seemed like sound advice to them, uh, and you had to just bet on yourself anyways? Yeah, I'd say people in my in my circle, they were uh, they were all in. Like, my immediate family, my parents, um, you know, just, just everyone around me was hinting you know, to, to come back and, and do one more year. My mom never wanted me to leave early because I'm already young. I yeah. was 20 last year. I would have been 20 going into the NFL. That's just a little bit premature in her eyes. And, um, you know, looking back, I, I think so too, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, I really had everyone telling me to come back. And, um, so it was really an easy decision on my part. Um, uh, I think guys, in college, I feel like it's more so now than ever feel so inclined to, to leave early and, and to get that money. But, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm just a perfect example of someone who stayed and is reaping all the benefits, um, especially in terms of, uh, in terms of money. It feels good to bet on yourself and win, man. I, it's like, that's right. That's I, right. Yeah, that's a good feeling. And like, I, I know I was looking at your first three years um, and stats aren't everything. And obviously you had the junior year injury. I myself, I didn't have more than five, seven sacks, you know, my first couple years, my first three years. And then it was 14 my senior year. Like, yeah. are you looking up? a month into the season, like, holy shit, I'm at my, my college total right now. This is going to like, I don't know what you thought. I don't know how high you thought you could go. I know as a competitor, I'm sure you're thinking, Hey, number one, but right. a month into the season, it looks a lot more real than it did, you know, in August. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even with like the sacks too, it's like, that's something that like, it, it felt really easy to me in season, but then I kind of hit a point where, you know, you kind of, you kind of have a couple games where you know you're so close, you're right there, oh. but you, yeah, and it's just like you can't seem to get it. And then <laughs> late in the season, I just started, I started hitting it, started hitting that stride with. I had three against Penn State, then three against Ohio State, and it, it's like the train just kept rolling. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's it just uh, it was it was a really perfect storm for me right at the end because I, I really uh, I really think I was I've been playing my best ball lately. It's been uh, it's been showing on the field. Easy to see, totally easy to see. But when you when you're in that slump, and I don't, I, don't, I think maybe the longest you went was like two games without a sack. You know, you're right. really good when that's a slump for you. But I mean, <laughs> as a rusher, it's got to be like, what would you do when you feel like you're slumping? Did you have like a, a lucky deal or, or some superstition that you try to get out of it? Yeah, it's it's just very weird because I was playing well. I was playing really good. It was just. It was just, you know, sacks are a very tedious thing. And it's something that everything needs to be right in order for you to get the sack. Mm -hmm. You know, if one rush lane is bad, that quarterback's getting out the pocket and you can kiss your sack goodbye. Um, you know, if you hit a sweet move and the ball's out in two seconds, it's just, it, it sucks. And, you know, that was kind of happening a little bit. Something that some things that I just couldn't really control. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's what I kind of broke it down to. And you kind of just got to, I just told myself to keep playing ball because it, it, it is, it does get discouraging when you feel like you're winning so much, but it doesn't show on the stat sheet. 
What did you do like this year? I mean, because you used to play inside more, um, right? I mean, like you, you rushed inside a little bit more. You, you had more edge, uh, edge time this year. And I don't know, I'm yep. watching you play. I'm thinking, who's this guy's coach? Because like not taking anything away from you, the player, it takes a lot to, to perform like you perform, but I know you're well coached. So like, oh, yeah. what has been that process for you in transitioning from, you know, a guy that, that plays a lot inside to a guy that like, this is the guy we need on the edge as many third downs as we can get him. Uh, and I'm sure at the next level, nobody's going to be like, Hey, let's shove this guy in a three technique. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of, uh, my first three years, I had a different defensive coordinator, um, yeah. for the, for the, well, I had the same defensive coordinator, but, um, for those three years and, um, he let, he put me on the inside sometimes. And then, uh, you know, my senior year, uh, we get new, we get new coaching staff. We get, Mike McDonald, he was the linebackers coach at the Ravens. Mm -hmm. And so he comes in, implements the Ravens scheme, kind of, kind of like the Ravens scheme in our defense. And, um, it allowed me to stand up on the edge. And I mean, it just feels so right. And it It feels so good. It does feel right. Standing up. It feels so right. And like that, I I couldn't do spring ball because of the ankle, but in fall camp I was doing, I was like, God, I can see everything. I, I got, you know, the cadences in, in college football are not too complicated. So you can really get a good jump uh, on a majority of the plays. And so it's, it's just, uh, so many things. And I, I was, I was just falling in love with the defense, falling in love with my yeah. role and the freedom that, that, uh, my, uh, my coordinator gives me. But you're right. That standing up thing. Like I started doing it late in my career. Cause I had like, I had yeah. coaches early that were like, no, you need to be in a three point stance who are the fat, the fastest people in the world to get in a three point stance. So I said, the fastest people on a football field, they stand up before the play. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so, so I need to, I need to stand up. And, and when I got older, um, you know, I, I noticed the things that you're talking about. I mean, I knew that, you know, young in the league, but having the latitude to, Hey, I can see some of the quarterback mechanics. I can see, I can see the back shift, you know, like there's things that I can't see stances when you're in that three point, you can't, you can't see anything for the most part. Yeah. The play clock, the play clock, the the play, the the play clock is the most important part. You see that thing getting down to five. I'm going on the next head, Bob, buddy. I'm I'm going, you know what I mean? I'm gone. (laughs) So you were standing up the one play that's gone viral where you put uh, your, your Buckeye friend in an invisible recliner uh, yeah. <laughs> who's a good player and everything, but you know, you got him that play. What are you saying before that play? Cause I know you're motioning to somebody. I don't know if you're saying like, you know, come chip me motherfucker. What are you saying yeah. uh, before that play? That's the one thing I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, you know, we were getting late in the game that they kind of had a long drive and I'm getting a little pissed off. You know, you're on the field for a while. And it's fourth down, and I see that that center point to me, like they're sending the slide to me, and I'm Bring like, "Let's go, bitch! <laughs> Send it all at me. I w- I want it all." And um, and on that play, we had a we had an edge pressure with one of the safeties. So my my job was just to it was called a heels charge. You just run through that yep. dude's face, yep. and you gotta take it the inside if if you know you get stopped. So I took my I took my lane. And, um, man, that was probably the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think anything will ever top that me waving him over yeah. and then putting him on his ass. You looked pretty cool it. there, man. I got to hand it to you. That, that'll that shoot <laughs> you up. You. I said, like, and you're a great player, and so, like, you're going to be a top five pick no matter what. But, I, I, you know, I remember when Jadavian Clowney 
he exploded a sled and he blew up the guy from Michigan. He blew up the Michigan right. running back. Like that was yeah. your play. Like yeah, that, that, that his play was the Outback Bowl. That play was you against Ohio State, and I could feel all the hatred in that bull rush. Oh yeah. And I've yeah. I've run plenty of 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 pressures like that where your job is to eat the tackle and free oh, yeah. up the edge guy, and you're yep. supposed to just go through the motions. But it ends up being a centerpiece play for you. So good on That's you. Right. That's um, right. <laughs> how much do you hate Ohio State? Like you know, like I have a rivalry down here we hate tech but tech's been beating us for a while so i gotta i can't even call that a rivalry like put into terms the hatred for ohio state and and michigan players yeah um it's hard to put into words if i'm being honest with you because you know a lot of guys you know come from different places and play this game but yeah i I, i'm from michigan born and raised i was born and raised a michigan fan uh, my whole life, I've been going to those Ohio State games. So, I mean, it just, it hits a little bit different for me, yeah. I think. And, um, I mean, the hatred is real. It is there. And, um, you know, I think, like, I mean, you're getting everything from every guy on every play. And that's in every rivalry game. But, like, in this one, I mean, there is no letting off the gas pedal. And that's what that's what I love. And I, I, I love people – you know, just just giving me their all, and you know, I love beating them when they do that. Yeah, it was funny because it culminated uh, in, in in at the Heisman deal in Desmond. That's <laughs> De- right. That's Desmond right. threw <laughs> gas on the fire. I was like, "Holy I shit!" De- I mean, do you do you and that quarterback talk, and you guys are cool, or like you know, like it, after your time at Michigan is up, and you've you've beaten Ohio State, can you then bullshit and grab a drink with that guy after the ceremony? weirdly enough we actually got along very well at that ceremony (laughs) and um you think there'd be a little more animosity a little more you know whatever you want to call it but um we're we're actually getting along talking about the game Mm -hmm. um he was telling me how how loud our stadium was like even though people told him that it wasn't it was just these little funny funny little snippets um but we're actually getting along so um you know, maybe maybe in a couple more years we'll be we'll be laughing about it. You might be teammates one day. It's funny because right. I always look at like you know two of my best buddies in football, and one of them I just talked to recently in the last few minutes. I said I called BG Brandon Graham, and I said I got yeah. Aiden coming on. He's like I train with him. He's the best. But yeah. like he and and Malcolm Jenkins now you know had to had to share a locker room for mo- right. you know for a lot of years. And so yeah. I mean like it's just funny. You never know who you end up playing with. I was going to ask you this because the one thing BG said, I said, tell me about this kid. He said, he's really long, Chris. Like he, he's got long arms. He's tall. Like he's taller than you think. I mean, he's all of 6'6". Six, six. How do you use that length as a rusher? Like you're cognizant of it. You're aware of it. What are some ways that you like to use that length as a rusher? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it has its disadvantages of being so tall just because, you know, pad level is a bit of an issue, especially when you're standing up. And you're not really coming from a lower position. So right. sometimes I, I get caught a little bit high. But um BG never had that problem. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, in the edge rush, it's, it's great because, yeah. you know, you, when, like when you try to beat those hands, if you're doing a little swipe or whatever that may be, um, it, it is helpful, you know, being very long and, you know, getting that rip in. And because it's, it's you're hard to block. And then even, you know, when you work on any power rushes, um, if, if, if I can get lower than that tackle at six, six, and then I have all that leverage from being so low, 
um, I think it's 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 really hard, you know, to block man. No question about it. Um, Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, like I don't think that he's gotten enough credit. Like when y'all play well, I think we always, as the media, we talk about Harbaugh. You know, uh, Michigan can't do this. Michigan can't do that. And I thought this year all anybody talked about was Michigan and not Harbaugh. Like when y'all fail, they talk about Harbaugh. When you succeed, they don't talk about him. And I just wonder, like, how do you feel for him to get over the hump this year and do everything y'all have have done? And what's y'all's relationship like? Because he said y'all you were going to be special. I feel like first. I mean, he said it like right off the bat. Yeah, it's it's tough too. Um, just because he, you know, when, when we win, they say, oh, you haven't beat Ohio State yet. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. And then when we lose, uh, it's, it's just a, a lose-lose situation mm-hmm. with him. It, it, it seems like it's been that way my entire career here. And, um, you know, this was one of those years that that, that was going to define him as a coach. I know, you know, there was a lot of pressure on him this year, a lot right. of expectations coming off such a bad season last year. And um, there's a lot of rumors going around, all that, all that bad stuff. But, um, you know, I, I mean, he, he deserves all the credit in the world for, for what um, this team did this season because, you know, we really defied every expectation. Nobody thought we would be where we're at today. And um, I think he was a big part of that. And, you know, especially hiring um, such a great defensive coordinator. And I think that was so big. And we brought in a lot of young guys on our staff, kind of reviving the culture. And then, you know, he kind of, he definitely gave um, the players more of a responsibility, you know, making it more of a player led team. And I think, you know, those changes that, that he made, you know, were just extremely, you know, dire to the, to the success of our season this year. No question. When I played for the Rams a long time ago, he was the head coach of one of the most physical football teams in the league. And we, we had many a battle. And I think, you know, like if there's anybody that knows the NFL, it's him. You know, he's someone that, that me and, and all my teammates, you know, I think we all trust him and we all trust um, the plan and, you know, it, for what he has us doing, you know, there isn't a whole lot of questioning, you know, when he makes a call because I mean, you know, he's had, he's had success everywhere. Have you seen him without khakis on? Like, does he wear other <laughs> kinds of pants or what? Like, do you, if you does he wear jeans? Have you seen Harbaugh in jeans? I, I can't say I've never. I've never seen him in jeans. Um, How about shorts? Around does, the building, he wear shorts? shorts. Really? Ever? Even when he works out, he's got his khakis on, or no, so, some sort, or or the blue, the blue pants. But he works he's out got, in khakis. Hell yeah. Like like Hell cardio yeah. or like weightlifting in khakis. Weightlifting. I mean, he's sweat. He's he's breathing hard. He's he's freaking. Uh, he's got his khakis on. It's hilarious. You need some. Um, you need some pliable khakis to be squatting right. and doing no, all think, the lunging and. I think he got some Lulu khakis. So Lulu. They got a little stretch to him. Lulu. They, they, they're some sort of stretchy khakis. I don't know what brand they they're are. They're Lulu. I wear nothing but Lulu now, dude. Like it, it, it must be Lulu. They're dad khakis. You know, they're That's like right. they're like I'm not quite ready. They're like cool dad khakis. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Exactly. So, exactly. Good on him for finding the Lulu stash. <laughs> um, when you're getting ready to play Ohio State, and by the way, Aiden's here with Bose. Uh, and uh, when you're getting ready to play Ohio State, you got the headphones on. Who are you listening to to get your hatred up for <laughs> these guys? Um. So I'm actually pretty weird with this. I. Uh, with my Bose headphones, I uh, I listen to to instrumental music before the games. Have you tried the Last and, of the Mohicans um, theme? 
No. Yeah, try that. No. Try that Last of the Mohicans theme, dude. What is that? It's an old movie. Do you have you ever seen Last of the Mohicans? No. Oh my god, I forget that I'm talking to people that are like much younger <laughs> than me. I'm gonna send you the Last of the Mohicans theme. You, you like to. instrumentals, bro? Sometimes I used to rock out to the instrumentals. I'm right there with you. It's not weird. <laughs> oh bro. really? Yeah, really? dude. Okay. Because I get judged. I get judged for it, kind of. Fuck, look at my tape, man. You know, you yeah. you know, that's yeah, what you yeah. all you need to say is when they're like, Hey bro, it's weird. You're I know, like, I yeah. know. Hey, how See, about I, I'm speeding the clock up for you and I'm creating turnovers? I'll listen to Hans Zimmer right. if I need to. <laughs> Hans Zimmer is my guy. Yeah. <laughs> that is my guy. And um Hans you know, Zimmer. I, I, like, I, I like the instrumentals because you know, I can talk to myself a little bit. You know, I don't have any other voices distracting me. It's just me. And some calm music that that's empowering. I'm with you, dude. Because sometimes <laughs> the words can kind of like take you out of your element. That's right. That's right. Because a lot of songs don't even like correlate to what's going on. You know. <laughs> Like, <laughs> this is this is a crossover on the Venn diagram I didn't think we've had. We got a lot in common, people say, but but this is one that I didn't know. Um, all right, so we've we've got instrumentals. I'm going to send you the last of the Mohicans music, and this is something that's really funny to me. Talking about family and football, I saw that Braylon Edwards congratulated you and said that Steve Hutchinson, who he presumed was your dad, would be proud. This that's is right. funny because a lot of people think that Jake Long and I are brothers. Really? Yes, dude. People get confused with this stuff. I mean, so I, I could see it. Yeah. So do people, well, the last name and everything, and we were in the same yeah. draft class, like one, two, or whatever it was, it was just super confusing for people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do a lot of people confuse you as Steve Hutchinson's son? Yes. Yes. Every, I mean, to this day, I mean, it never ends. Really? I don't think it ever will end. No, it won't. Um, it won't because. No, it won't. I don't think it would. Just judge, um, trust me from fucking experience. Like there's there's th three longs that have been in the NFL. We're all confusing to people. Yeah. The whole thing. It's just gonna be. And uh, uh, yeah. By the way, Steve Hutchinson, biggest head I've ever seen. Like played against him one game when I was young. Ran into really? him on like a loop stunt inside. Like I had to cross the B gap. Yeah. And we headbutted, and I go, holy shit, I don't want to do that again. This guy wears probably a size nine. <laughs> holy shit. Did you consider getting an insurance policy or anything like that coming back? Like, that's something kids do a lot now. Yeah, that's something I had before the season. Yeah. Um, before my junior year, I, I got the insurance policy. But, um, yeah, it's it's only for career-ending stuff, though. I yeah, believe. but it's like a, a side of things that I don't think people even realize. And I, even in 2008, when I came out, like I took out an insurance policy my senior year to protect myself. Like It was right. like up to, I guess, $10 million worth of coverage. And yeah. now yeah. I'm talk and talking to more and more kids that it's actually like relatively normal now. Another thing that's kind of interesting, I think, is the NIL stuff. Yeah. I don't want to ask you how much money you made off the field there, but like... Was that a big draw? Like, you know, hey, we can get some cash in our pockets now. Like, this is playing yeah. football at Michigan's got to it's got to be a nice ticket there. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was a little bit slow at first. Um, to be honest with you, I, I got I got some little things going on, but um, I would say as the season progressed, and you know, I started you start playing better and better. I mean, the more offers come in, and um, that's just the that's just the reality of it. And um, you know, it's it's really a crazy thing. That, that you know these college athletes all of us can can get paid now just compared to like you know my whole childhood growing up just the whole controversy with everything mm -hmm. and um you know it's it's just uh it, it is pretty crazy that what's mail. what's the weirdest nil deal you were offered like the the fucking weirdest brand that somebody wanted you to represent 
So some of these grooming companies, you know, they, they want to send you a bunch of grooming kits. Yeah. And, uh, Take a picture with your shirt random, off, buddy. Yeah. Like, right, stuff exactly. like, like <laughs> it was this one random product and it actually looked pretty cool. And I actually hit them back, but then I got a little sussed out and I was like, wait, hold on. Is this even real? <laughs> so uh, I, it was, there's a couple you gotta, you know, they're a little sus. Um, do you, do you, do you use your dad? Do you lean on your pops? I know like I lean on my pops. Like your dad has a lot of experience, by the way, broke the, broke his record at Michigan. Super cool seeing you guys, you know, get together after that championship game. Like I know that it's cool, dude. It's cool. When you live up to that pressure, you've lived up to it. And uh, I wonder if you lean on him and use his like kind of his football experience to this entire pressure as different as things are now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we always talk about how this, the game is just completely different. You know, the yeah. game of football going against offenses, all of that, but you know, a lot of those core principles are, are the same. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just so great having him. It was funny. Um, when we played Iowa in the big 10 championship, um, I was walking off the field. It was like my second series. I hear this whistle and I don't know. I, I looked and um, it was my dad and he's, he's signaling me from the, from the stands going, you gotta stay low, mm-hmm. stay lower. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was just one of those things. He, he kind of drops those little, those little nuggets that like are, are very obvious and like everybody knows to stay low, but you know, to have that little reminder in my head, um, this just was just so helpful. And, um, it was just something that he was seeing. Well, and you believe him. That's right. Oh, I'm, I'm totally bought in. I mean, that's the thing. Like when my dad, and I don't know if he has a special signal. Did he have a signal that like is pretty unique to him or is it like. No, we don't, we don't really have a signal. See, we always, <laughs> we, we tried to come up with a little signal, yeah. but we couldn't fit, quite figure see, it out. <laughs> see, my dad had a whistle, like not a physical PE whistle, but he had this like whistle that had a certain, like, it was like two notes. And I was like, yeah. you know, just, you'd be like third down at in high school. You hear the whistle. I'd yeah. be like, what am I <laughs> You know, That's like, right. you know, so yeah. I, I don't know if you're ever like looking at this, but it's great to have another coach, you know, that you can really trust. And did I hear this right? He delivered you as a, as a ginormous 11 pound baby, 11 pound baby, big ass head. And, um, <laughs> he delivered me. That's incredible. He, yep. Cause after, after he was at the Browns for a hot second, yeah. went to med school, became an ER doctor yeah. and, um, you know, the rest is history. So what are you going to weigh in at the combine? You weighed in 11 pounds as a as a cute little baby. You're a grown man now. You're six six. What do you want to weigh? And then like, what do you think you can carry? Because it looks like you can carry what you want. Right. Yeah. I, I, so right now I'm probably about eh, 260 to 265. You yeah. know, varying from there. But um, early in my earlier in my career, my I, my in the defense that we had, I was I probably was like 275 just yeah. because of of the structure of it and my role um but man i feel so much better it, it's crazy just what 10 pounds does um just just what like with my speed and and how i feel you know you, you feel a whole different type of way with different weights and this 260 265 ranges i think it's perfect for me what's the heaviest you've ever been because i can remember we ran a three four and I had to play in a four eye for most of my career, yeah. really my whole college career. And my weight really? to make was 280 almost. And really? so I used to go in the, the weight room on weigh-in day with the two and a half pound weights in my pockets yeah. to just make weight. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had trouble keeping weight on, uh, but what's the heaviest you've ever been? I would say probably, I've never been more than 280. Maybe I hit 280 at one point, 
just because it sucks going back. out at 280 on, oh, on a, yeah. like you just look so shitty in your whatever it's clothes you're wearing to the bar yes. <laughs> i think the best part about being 265 is just walking around feeling just slim that's you feel so slim and, and it's sexy crazy. you just feel good oh, dude I, I felt like such a fat ass at 280. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what do you, like, combine, number one thing you're working on, you know, impressions of the combine, do you have anything to gain there, dude? Um, I know people would like to see me run um, in the combine. I know that's one thing that, that a lot of people want to see me do. Um, yeah, I don't know a whole lot. I haven't talked a whole lot about this, but, um, you know, I, I, I put up some pretty good numbers in the weight room, so. Um, I'm gonna be fired up. To, so what's to do what, that give me y'all to talk to me? What's your what highest power clean? What do y'all do up there? Do y'all power clean up there? Is it all like camera strength stuff? Or we don't do we don't do any power cleaning. No no, no cleaning in general. Um, we do a lot of like glute stuff, a lot of single leg squatting. Yeah. Um, a lot of close grip benching. We don't do a whole lot of wide grip. Our our strength coach is very adamant with the pecs and keeping them healthy and don't want any tears. Yeah, no, no question. No question. Sounds like y'all got a pretty good program up there. So last question, because you're getting ready to to dive into this college playoff thing. You got Georgia the first round, incredibly physical football team. You guys seem pretty damn physical yourselves. Like, what are your yep. impressions of how this game goes down? I mean, it is, it's going to be, this is like heavyweight boxing, you know, I mean, this is just, our offenses are very similar. Defenses are very similar. Um, you know, we play very similar games. Yeah. Um, we both play complimentary football, um, you know, but both offenses like rely on the run, you know, we're not extremely heavy passing offenses. And so, um, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a grudge match, I think. And, um, we're going to be getting after it. And if, if we want to win, we're gonna have to stop that run. And if they're gonna, if they want to win, they're gonna have to stop our run game. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be an exciting game to watch and extremely physical. The last thing is I, I saw you talk, you talking about like you grew up in Michigan, you would not be opposed to playing for the Detroit Lions. So like that would be exciting to you uh, and really any team probably, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Is there a scheme fit that you're looking for? Or are you just kind of totally open-minded? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about that. I really think I thrive standing up, to be honest with you. I do too. Um, yeah. It's, it's just, it feels great. Let's and um, I just... I hope, you know, whatever our scheme they put me in, they, they, they notice that and, you know, they give me a little freedom or, or, uh, you know, I just hope, you know, they, they use me, you know, how I know I can be used. There's one thing that's going to come out of this, this podcast. Well, two, first thing is people are going to love you. And number two is going to be, I'm going to have a hashtag, hashtag, let Aiden stand up, whoever your D line, <laughs> whoever your D line coaches it. next year. Let Aiden stand up because he's an athlete. Let's not pigeonhole him. He's an athlete. A-T-H. Aiden Hutchinson, good luck in the playoff, man. And good luck beyond that in the draft and in the league. I'll be watching. You've done a great job, dude. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on the pod. Yeah, anytime. Come back soon, man. All right. Okay, brother. That kid was was awesome, man. Like, I honestly, um, I didn't know what to expect because college kids don't always – give great interviews. This kid was insightful. He was funny. He's going to be good in the meeting room. He's good on the field. He's going to be good in the meeting room too. Uh, and, and seems like a good guy to play with. So wishing Aiden Hutchinson the best of luck. Listen, one of these days they're going to start comparing white defensive ends to somebody else. Uh, I know, I know this kids don't appreciate being like, who's my comp? Uh, Chris Long. I think we should pass the torch to the Bosa brothers completely here.
Or get creative. How about like Aaron Campman, for fuck's sake? Go back in the in the Rolodex a little bit of the WDEs. Uh, I got Ryan McGee coming on. I love Ryan McGee. He's awesome. He does NASCAR. He does college football. Of all the media members, he's a guy that like, and we've yet to have a beer. He wrote a piece on me back in 2007. Uh, I would love to have a beer with Ryan McGee. Got a lot in common, I feel like. So enjoy Ryan, and then we'll get you out of here. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't yet tried the WinBet app, I've got great news for you. WinBet is now offering a 200% wager match for new users up to $1,500. That's just an incredible offer. WinBet is basically giving you double your first wager in free bets. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. So as promised, I got Ryan McGee here, one of my favorite guests. We're going to talk college football. Uh, but first, I need a little... We were just... We were just doing dad talk offline. Uh, yeah. Ryan's at a different weight class than me. He has a, a high school daughter, so that's something that I just can't even, uh, you know, oh, yeah. five and a three. But we're going on vacation today. We're going to the beach. Right. Four days. Okay, I'm going to the Caribbean, and I need yeah. your advice. I think it would be really liberating to not pack a personal suitcase. What do you think about that idea? Just set the tone right away that I'll figure it out when I get there. Oh, that's that's amazing. Full, just backpack? Like, yeah. Like a, yeah, uh, you yeah. Can, you yeah. think yeah. I can yeah, pull yeah. that off? For four days, and assuming that the weather is what it should be in the islands, uh, uh, absolutely. You yeah, support you it, a, okay? Yeah, you need it. You need a toothbrush mm-hmm. and uh, deodorant if you want it, mm-hmm. and some dip because you can't get Kodiak in the Caribbean. You, you cannot get Kodiak <laughs> in the Caribbean or Copenhagen. Yeah, no, or it's Cope. yeah. No, I think you're good. The big okay. thing is because because they're what are they? They're like. Like three and five, you said. Yeah, three and five. I got a three-year-old and a five-year-old, two boys. Yeah, when you can't, I mean, you can't overdo it. So uh-uh. it's like you know, no, no, you just put them in the sand and. That's what, yeah. and and you can't overdo it for dad either. I might, I might do this, guys. I might go no, no personal suitcase to the Caribbean. Somebody who it's is amazing. packing a suitcase today is Urban Meyer, or maybe he's not. Maybe he's hanging around Jacksonville for a while. Maybe <laughs> like. Uh, Why? I don't know. <laughs> Did you see this coming when he got hired? Did you see like fiery crash in the end? Yeah. I mean, he, 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 um, yeah, I, I'm not one of these that, that subscribes to this college guys can't win league. I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah. If you can coach, you can coach, but, but there's the, the biggest issue when they make that transition. I mean, Al Grove, your, your coach, my guy, yeah. He'll, he'll explain it to you more than anyone. And he and I've had this conversation, which is you just can't approach the game the same way. And you yeah. think that you can, but you really can't approach the players the same way. And I, so I go down to Daytona, right, back in February. And I'm doing all this. I had this big Dale Earnhardt documentary coming out, and I'm down there to cover the, my, my 25th 500 and all this. And I think as I'm doing all these radio interviews that ESPN PR set up for me, that I'm going to talk about the Daytona 500. But just an hour north, Urban Meyer been on the job for like two weeks, and he hired this – he hired a, a strength coach that we all knew was a terrible person. And why in the world would you would you? But but he was so arrogant. Yes. That 
that that's the problem. All the stories that you hear don't surprise me one bit because, man, you know the deal. Um, the, the guys that are a little too vocal about how to lead men and the guys that constantly are tweeting Bible verses. Pontificating. Like the, exactly. The ones who actually have integrity will teach you about integrity, but I don't know if they're going to write a book about it or if they're going to lecture everybody on TV about it. So, no, I'm not surprised. I just... It, you know, he is um, a phenomenal football coach. He's one of the – he easily is – I mean, could be – should be one of everyone's top ten in the history of college football, maybe even higher than that. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't walk into that building and just expect everybody to do what you tell them to do, which is what he's had his entire career in college. And in the NFL, you know, not only will they not do it, they will tell on you for telling them to do it. Right, exactly. There's yeah. a lot of sources. You're not king shit anymore, and all the players yep. are adults. So, like, if you kick Josh Lambeau in the ass, like, Josh Lambeau's not going to just be like, shit, I don't want to lose my scholarship. Yeah, and he's thinking, well, he's a kicker. <laughs> well, he's a kicker who's making yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, he's a professional. He's, 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 I mean, he's, he's going to work every day. He's a businessman. That's what he is. You I can't just, kick I, the kicker. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah, no, you were so right. It was a, it was right in the beginning, like making that, that you know, that hire, uh, yeah. and everybody being like, dude, what the hell? That's the first thing you learn about your head coach in Jacksonville, and you're a thirty year old man. Uh, same thing with the Tim Tebow thing, which sucked because I loved him and everything, but it was just a yep. funky situation. Yep. Do you think that Urban Meyer gets another job somewhere? You think somebody gets, you know, oh, I could, I could pull this off. You know, like the egos on some of these administrators are like, we could do it and it's worth it. No, hundred percent. And if we've learned nothing else uh, over the last few weeks, you know, these ads and presidents, they don't give a damn. Mm. You know, if they if they think that they could win and win immediately, um, then they're willing to write ninety million dollar checks. And they're willing to promise buildings and they're willing to, to all these things. So, yeah, I, in, in the era we're in right now, if he wants to do it, and he will, there's no way he will let this be the end. Not a chance. His ego won't let that happen. And so if he can walk into somewhere and, um, and you know, turn it into a championship integrity-driven whatever, then, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll <laughs> jump the chance. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of uh, head coaches making a lot of money, Brian Kelly, we were joking the other day that they gave him a lobotomy and put in like a bayou brain and now all of a sudden he he's dancing and he's got a southern accent. He's like he's like a bayou robot or something. Like, <laughs> what's going on with this dude? Do you really think that he's gonna be able to recruit down there? And given the little preview of strange behavior you've seen, do you think that's gonna fly? <laughs> well, you didn't you didn't like the turntable. Right, so right, right when the talk about this fake southern accent went away, all of a sudden he does this turntable thing. And it's but listen. <laughs> Here's the thing. That dude can coach football. He can coach his ass off. He can coach football. Yeah. And, and and he is not He's not Urban Meyer. He's but not. He's, 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 he's an asshole to his coaches. That's that's well, the rep. He he um he is much better at the job than he was when he took over the job at Notre Dame. And he and I have talked before. Yeah. I've written I've written about it. He and yeah. I have talked about how difficult the Notre Dame job is. Yeah. And and and, and it's just he's been there more than a decade. You know, he's got more wins than Newt Rockney. Yeah. And and so I, I think that he can coach football. He is, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a Tennessee grad, mm -hmm. and so I think about Butch Jones a lot because Butch, who you know, always kind of replaced Brian Kelly wherever he went, huh. and the two of them were cut from the same cloth. Whereas behind closed doors, 
you learn so much. Yeah. And he's so smart. As soon as the light comes on, he becomes robotronic. And and it's and, and he's not as bad at it as he used to be. Yeah. But but now all of a sudden he is. So, yeah. No. <laughs> right. I mean, but he's but 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 he can coach football. And I, no I know question. he can recruit. I know he can, I know he can do what LSU wants him to do football wise. But it was it couldn't have gotten off to. But you know what? There's getting off to a bad start, which is whatever Meyer did at Jacksonville. Yeah. And then there's getting off to a bad start, which is you know sounding like. Dan Aykroyd and driving Miss Daisy at a, yes. at a basketball game. And that's okay. You know, it's, it, if you're going to make fun of him now, I'll take now. that over the Urban Meyer shenanigans. I, I yep. do you remember a, a, a major like high profile SEC hire in, it, you know, in the past where people questioned the cultural fit as much, but it was like a tantalizing football fit because like, I know immediately when they hired Brian Kelly, I was like, this guy, there's nothing like SEC about him. Like this is going to be interesting. Right. Do you remember another situation where you had a high-profile guy come down? Not this high-profile. I mean, Dan yeah. Mullen was from the Northeast and came from small colleges, and 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 you know he had his run at Mississippi State right. um, when no one thought anybody could win down there, Dak and all that. So right. um, before he became Florida Dan Mullen, but but it was um, but yeah, I, I, but people you know everybody now takes credit for Nick Saban, right? But everybody thought that was a dumb move. Right. Like, you know, you know, he, he couldn't get out of his own way his one year in the pros. And yeah, he'd won at LSU, but, uh, you know, only won one championship. They really doubted that. that. I don't remember. Like, cause I wasn't yeah. paying as much no, attention no. to the chatter. Well, and, and he was getting ripped because of the way that he handled the dolphins thing. And right. so it was very, you know, it, it was like that, but it was, um, but I mean, but I mean, Bobby Petrino, uh, you know, that, that worked for a little bit at Arkansas till he, you know, crashed his motorcycle. I, uh, yeah, I but the, the even the Saban thing and Cowboy Reed pointed this out from the back. He was like Saban, but like Saban had at least a little West Virginia draw, which I mean, oh, yeah. the people, you know that that'll play. He's a hillbilly, yeah, yeah, he, that'll he, play. He, He's yeah, a country yeah. dude, like so yeah. that'll play. That's interesting. Uh, Gene Chizik had a tweet. That's all yeah. I'll say. Did you see the tweet? Uh. Re- refresh my memory. He, Gene, a, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Chisdom. Drops. Yeah, Chisdom. He has a yeah. Chisdom hashtag. I didn't know hashtag that. Chisdom. Yeah. yeah. He Every was. Time I say him, it's first time I said he's mad like, about the nil stuff. Predictably, yeah. um, you know, people are gonna people are making more money and and everyday Americans are struggling to make fifty thousand dollars, and now these athletes are making fifty thousand right. dollars in addition to the scholarship. And I think that's interesting because uh, I'm not sure. That he's ever tweeted about the the average American trying to make fifty thousand uh, dollars, struggling to do that until now. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it, there's a there's an interesting thing happening, and it's really happened this week because it's signing day, which yeah. was still weird, still weird by the way. I I did the I sat in for Reese Davis yesterday on the ESPN College Football Pod, and it was me and Tom Luganville, one of my mm-hmm. all time favorite dudes. But but Lugs is our recruiting guy. And we talked about NIL too, and 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 Luke's is old school guy, and and, and kind of leaned the same way, which is, I don't know where the good comes from this. We're talking about recruiting wise, yeah. So I think I think that's why it's on. This is our first recruiting signing day during the NIL era, yeah. And so, and the the, the quote I really like was Jimbo Fisher uh, said to Paul Feinbaum, <laughs> he said, "Oh no no." He said, uh, "This is this is just official business now. This has always been going on. Yeah. You know, now now we can just legally talk about it. And it's, uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know. You know, nobody's getting super rich off of it, not yet. Not yet. Um, 
you know, what I what I monitor are these situations like a BYU and my Miami, right? BYU and Miami, yeah. yeah. Every, every walk on gets a scholarship. Well, hell, yeah. if Alabama does that, then I, I don't know who's going to play at Tulsa. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because if I'm going to be a walk on at Alabama and get a full ride and get a couple rings, you know, why is that even better than maybe starting at Texas Tech? You know, I don't know. So yeah, so it's, no. It, yeah, but but nobody's getting rich. I mean, do, we do, do, we we ran the numbers. The average the average NIL deal is like five grand. Yeah, so, I mean, nobody's nobody's getting rich off this thing except for apparently Bryce Young, which is relatively rich for a college kid because you're 100%. like you're like a oh, man. I don't have to worry about anything now. You know, like food, yeah. nothing. Now you could say, hey, players are going to blow their money, but this is America. I mean, like right. you know, right. it's, it was America before the NIL deals, and I think it's still America. So I just. Um, I wonder if you, because the best way it's been described so far is the Wild West. I mean, yeah. like, I can remember we did an NIL deal with a kid at the pod because we wanted to bless a kid with an NIL deal. And I remember going through the process and being like, where's the adult here that's like overseeing this transact? You know, it's Everyone. just, you know, like, so I wonder if you think that experience is going to be the best teacher here. And in a couple of years, we're going to have like, you know, a little bit more of a regulatory um atmosphere in the nil landscape no it, it's uh it's jason Priestley from tombstone right there's got to be some sort of law yeah i mean there's got to be right there, yeah. and right now there's nothing I no mean, there's, and you know it's funny too because uh nil uh transfer portal um you know early signing day hell help the uh, the targeting rule i mm-hmm. mean these are all written by coaches yeah. Yeah, yeah all the coaches sat in a room and wrote these things because they thought they knew how this was going to go down and they thought they figured out, all right, this is going to benefit us. And then, you know, oh, no, they gave some power to the players, right? <laughs> and, oh, no, you know, between, between the pandemic and super seniors and whatever, they don't know, they have no idea what's going on. And so, to me, the NIL deal is the perfect example of that. It, on paper, it doesn't sound like a great idea. Yeah. And, like, we, we don't need the NCAA. We just need them to approve it. No, you kind of do because mm-hmm. there's no rules. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, it's one sheet. The, the entire NIL, NIL regulations are one sheet of That's most of my it kind time. of form. Yeah, right. Yeah, me too. But but it ain't the kind of form that you know. If I'm a compliance officer, that's you not don't the kind like of that, form. that yeah. form. So so how do you recruit in NIL uh, in the NIL era is like a big no no to do what Gene did and what kind of Dabo's done, which is you know thumb their nose at this thing and said you know like I don't like this shit. Well, all your competitors are going to play ball. So like, do you have to kind of to me? I don't agree with Gene's take, especially in the context of him making six, seven million dollars to coach football, you know, and not competitive football at Iowa State, by the way. But like, I think it's as much about hitting send as it is having the take. Like, if you were a quarterback, that's a poor decision. You know, there's recruiting repercussions to this thing. Like, don't you kind of have to play ball now or at least act like you like it for a little bit? No, you have to. And I can tell right now that any coach who is any active coach, who is railing against it? Um, they're also recruiting with it. You yeah. know, I mean, the, like, you know, D- Dabo can say whatever he wants at the podium, but the reality is, is that you think a guy who just had his first so-so season and lost all of his coordinators for the first time since you know they made the playoffs what seven years in a row mm-hmm. until this year, and now now they're teetering. Now we got Wake and Pitt in the ACC championship, and you think he's not going out and saying, "Hey, good news." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Bucky Johnson Chevrolet down here to at Lake Norman wants to <laughs> give you a, a car. You think he's not doing that? Yeah, hell he yeah, is. no, he's yeah, doing no, that. No, of course he's doing. They it. got a so, bowling yeah. alley in their in their facility. Right. You don't no, think well, that, 
and, and that right there along is what you said a minute ago. And, and that right there is the point, which yeah. is you cannot stand there with all these rings and a Rolex and drove up in your free Mercedes, you know, Rick Flair, and, Rick and Flair energy. You, you can't. And we all know how much money you're making. And yeah. you just built a $20 million building with a slide in it. You cannot tell me <laughs> that it's going to corrupt these kids. If you know, if they get five grand from a barbecue joint. Oh it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's just not, you know, you can't, <laughs> but, but you can't make that money and then get mad and tell other people they can't make money. Yeah, you we're getting well, coaches. These coaches are getting me- mega churchy money right now. They're just—I mean, so like, come on now. I speaking of the Clemson stuff and that exodus there. We we landed Tony Elliott. How do you feel about that hire up here in Charlottesville? I was pretty. I was pretty excited. I went to his press conference and I wasn't sure what to think. And when I heard him talk after he got done with his statement, you know, like I really felt like he could command a room. And with his experience, I felt pretty good about it. No, he's great, and yeah. and he's um uh he had a tough year this past year. You know, he was the co OC at, at Clemson, and Jeff Scott left for the USF job, and then mm-hmm. you know you lose Trevor Lawrence, and I don't care who your quarterback, next quarterback is, you know that's going to be a step back. Um, the only person that could stop Trevor Lawrence is Urban Meyer. Huh. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I had to, I had to <laughs> at least. But it's no, in Tony's, the, that's in the scouting report at this point. Yeah, but no, Tony Tony's great, and um and he um. Look at the schools that really wanted to hire him. Yeah, and and it's a Virginia fit. That's Tennessee. all you need to Tennessee know. Tennessee wanted oh, yeah. to hire yeah. him. We Tennessee sh- wanted to hire him. Uh, it's the know, only Duke. time we've beaten you in football. <laughs> yeah, we t- we took Tony Elliott. Actually, yeah. did we beat you in the nineties? Uh, no, we pl- we played in the Sugar Bowl, and you should have beaten us. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, if, if, if was it if, the Peach uh, Bowl? No, it was the. Um, uh, it was a it was Sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl, was, uh, okay. And that, that that was the that was the legendary '90 team. Yeah, we and lost it, to it, Georgia in the Peach Bowl and Patrick Kearney area. That's it. Okay. That's it. it. Yeah. And if uh, and if Sean Moore doesn't have a hurt hand, um, Virginia probably beats Tennessee's butt in that, that Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Oh well. Don't yeah. There's a lot of re- regrets from the early '90s, but we got to focus on this era of Virginia football. I'm excited though. I feel good about it. Um, you know, like we got another hire in, in, uh, in the ACC with Mario Cristobal. That kind of scares me. Should that scare me to have him down there? He reeks like of competence. I don't know how Oregon fans feel and all that, but like to me, he feels like he's a football coach and now he's in Coral Gables where he's very passionate about business being done. Yeah. And clearly they have decided that they're going back to not giving a damn and just doing whatever because, uh, um, Nobody come at me with what Manny Diaz did to Temple and all that stuff. What Miami did to Manny Diaz was like something out of a Saw movie. That was embarrassing. Ugly, and, huh? But they just don't care, you know. And, yeah. they, and and they're throwing the they don't mind. They, they got multiple buyouts going on, and and they're throwing all that money at Mario. And they're just like, you know what? We tried it all these other ways. But I'll say this: Manny's a Miami guy. Went to Florida State, but his dad was mayor of Miami. He grew up down there. Um, you know, let's all remember you know, that there've been several Miami guys that have come through there and it didn't work. Right. So we'll see. I mean, I, you know, until they proved Miami proves to me, they can turn the corner. Um, you know, this pipe dream of we're going, we, we're going to be like we were back in the day. Um, I don't know, man, it's been, I mean, again, Tennessee guy, I can tell you one day you look up and it's been 20 something years and you know, you're still talking about how it was in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, or 2001 in the case of Miami, it's, uh, I don't know. We'll see. They could get bigger jerseys for the press conference. That, that <laughs> was, uh, that was, I mean, for, 
Hey, I don't know where they got that jersey. Uh, in the state of Florida, I like the Billy Napier hire, though. That kind of yeah. flew under the radar a little bit. Yeah, it kind of got lost. And, um, and yeah, he's – I love that dude. I, I was surprised, honestly, nobody tried to hire him a year ago um, when there was a lot more movement than I expected coming out of the COVID year. But, yeah, he's, he's great. He is all about the Urban Meyer stuff, and he's all about uh, Cristobal and Diaz. He's all about all those things because he just, he's got his head down. He's just taking care of business. I like that energy, man. Yeah, that, well, that's that's how he operates anyway. So, yeah. you know, it's um, I, I think that's going to work. Hey, transfer portal kind of action right now. We get Rattler uh, headed to South Carolina. He's got better Heisman odds than Caleb Williams as a result. Uh, and you get uh, Ewers to Texas from Ohio State ish. Especially sticking on the second one. Do you think the Ewers thing is a bad precedent for the NIL stuff because? The guy comes out of high school, makes a bunch of money, signs a bunch of Ohio State gear, and he's gone. Like, what are they doing with that gear now? And uh, are people going to look twice at situations like that in the future? Well, Rattler. I mean, Rat- Rattler was uh, he was one of the yeah. biggest guys when it came to NIL, and yeah. and all all of it was basically Oklahoma City based, and he's gone. But this that's the risk. I mean, it, you know, to me, it's. It's how listen. I've covered NASCAR forever, and there's a lot of sponsors that wish they hadn't paid. Ten million dollars a year to sponsor so and so who a didn't want to race and b was a jerk. Right, they just didn't know it going in. So right. I to me to me it's not any different than when somebody goes into the league and they get deals and if they're great then great, but if they're a bust, then, right? You know, that's yeah. just it's 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 a gamble if you're marketing. You're gonna have just, like a bunch of Ryan Leafs on memorabilia. Yeah, I mean yeah. That you paid a lot yeah. of money for. Same yeah. price. There was a moment when the Ryan Leaf signed helmet was the same value as the Peyton Manning signed helmet. Right. And that's not a shot at my guy. I'm just saying he's talking no, no. about this. I mean, so no, it's a gamble when you're when you're betting on these guys and um, with money. And but you know, to me, it's just funny to me how these college people don't seem to understand that it help, hell happens everywhere else all the time. How so about how uh, about who's whose gamble is going to pay off the most? Which move do you like out of those two quarterbacks moving? I'm a Shane Beamer guy. Um, yeah, I, you know, and, and for him to take that—that's a terrible football team, and they won six games. Yeah, and they're going to play in the in the Mayo Bowl here in Charlotte. Down fuck man, house, fuck right? mayonnaise, dude. Oh, dude, oh, it's the worst. But but you I, hate you mayonnaise this, too. I, I'm not a McMayonnaise guy, but yeah. I am. All, I'm all in on the Duke's Mayo Bowl because those dudes. It's it's the best. I follow every bowl game on Twitter, and their Twitter account is. They off do. The I charts. mean, it's a shame yeah. that they've had to tire, hired such talented people to push that that devil nectar i mean that that stuff is look yeah and you know yeah it's a cool logo everything about it looks it's it's just mayonnaise yeah it's still mayonnaise dude so i mean like and also by the way a great bowl geographically i mean like good lord i was looking at that i'm like this is too good to be true they really knocked it out of the park with these two teams uh that's going to be one of the livest atmospheres in in the bowl slate yeah no south carolina north carolina they should be playing every year anyway they used to and are already and Shane Beamer again. And the, yes, y'all, this is Frank Beamer's son. No, I like Frank uh, yeah, Beamer. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah. Virginia. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I had a beer with Frank Beamer on the award circuit back in two thousand eight, and we talked. And I and I really He's liked the best. him. Yeah, I liked him. I, yep. And that would pain my co-host to hear that. My co-host didn't hear right now, but Macon fucking hates Shane Beamer. I got no problem. Like, listen. I have a lot more respect for tech than I do, say, a Maryland. So, I mean, like, I might hate right. tech, but at least I respect, you know, the Bud Fosters and the Frank Beamers of the world to get that out there. Yeah, they're football people. Yeah. We, we, like, we like football people. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but, and Shane is a football guy. Yeah. And so, um, 
And and all you need to know about him is this is where Spencer Rattler wanted to go because he worked with Shane Beamer in Oklahoma. I'm really curious to watch it. But yeah, North Carolina, South Carolina playing. That's that's uh, right here by my house, man. That's I have to cover a lot of ball games. Yeah. But that will be the one where I'm just, if you need me, I'll be in section three, whatever. Okay, perfect. Um, so you're going to yeah, be really it. as a fan taking yeah, taking in the, the, the Mayo Bowl. I, but I'm looking at the Peach Bowl, I, conversely, and I'm thinking, how the hell did we get these two teams from like way up north down in this Peach Bowl? What changed this year? I hadn't been paying attention. Did it become like, a, let's see how far we can make people travel to come to this bowl game? Yeah, and, and so... You know, you have your bowl tie, you have your conference tie-in. Yeah, because you get your ACC with Pitt, which is an irregular occurrence right. there. Right, and, and so yeah, but but it's it's weird because when when I was at the first Peach Bowl, I think my dad officiated in the first like SEC ACC Peach Bowl, and that was the first time I heard the SEC chant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh damn, this this is awesome! Like this could be a thing. And then you started seeing other bowl games go for the same thing, but this is not. The spirit of the SEC ACC matchup was not <laughs> right. not this matchup, but but it, but you know, it's two good football teams, and you know maybe the best quarterback in the country. And so, um, you, you know, think he plays in that bowl game? I hope he does. You know what? I, I want if you don't mind. I know it's yeah, your no, show, no, but I, I don't I, mind I, that. I've been wanting to ask you about this because the the opting out of a bowl game. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. I, I know why you do it, but. I've had conversations, and this started with what Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey were the first big dogs, yeah. Yep. And I've had conversations with some really high-profile guys who skipped out on their bowl game, and I and I purposely waited like five or six years to ask them about it. And to a man, they all wish they played in the last game. Yeah. Because you, and you tell me, because your last bowl was it? Was, it was, was the Gator, Gator Bowl. bowl. It was that was damn Gator Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it was a hell of a game. Texas yep. Tech and their enormous yeah. splits. Yeah, but, but 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 it was a hell of a game. Yeah, it was a great game. And you love your alma mater. You still live there and all that. Yeah. You think right when you go to the league that it's going to yeah. be just football. Yep. But it's but it's what these guys have all told me was it's just so different. It just feels yeah. different. Yeah. I mean, like obviously the guys you've talked to say I regret it. There's nothing you. I mean, it's up to the player. So if that player regrets it. That says it all. Now, there's probably right. guys, a few guys that maybe were like, ah, you know, I'm good. I'm the quick lane bowl. I'm fine. Like, you know, it wasn't. I think it. I think there's a sliding scale depending on like your legacy at that school. I think also like the bowl game you're in factors, how your health is, like where your draft slot is. Like if I'm a third or fourth rounder um, or a fifth rounder, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking. Uh, or if I'm borderline getting drafted, not getting drafted, I'm definitely not sitting out. But like a lot of these early uh, round guys, they're afraid. And I can remember when I when I um, we played Tech my senior year, and I didn't know you could do this, but I sprained my ACL, which some people at home are like, "No, you can't do that." I didn't like I hurt my knee during that game. Didn't know I hurt my knee. The next day I couldn't walk. I was in a I was in a brace for like a couple of weeks, and we were busting my ass to get back for that bowl game. I'm the number two pick in that draft. A lot has changed, you know. Like that wasn't I didn't even think about that. I thought about it from a standpoint of if I can't go, I can't go. But I never thought about like I'm going to sit this thing out. But as you can see, like trailblazing type guys, they create a situation where all of a sudden people are looking at an option that maybe wouldn't even occur to them. So I can't tell you how I would feel. But I do know I also decided as a junior with a first-round grade to come back. So that's just the way I felt, and that had everything to do with that sliding scale I'm talking about. 
I grew up in Charlottesville. I went to Virginia. I cared deeply about my teammates. That's not to say guys don't if they opt out. But uh, for me, it was worth the risk because I'm a physical football player. I just played through, I was playing 80 snaps a game for 10 games. I'm thinking, what's one more roll of the dice? That's the way I am. I'm, I'm a little bit risk averse. So it, it's just going to vary from guy to guy. Um, and I think for these quarterbacks, a quarterback like Kenny Pickett, and I couldn't tell you what he's thinking, but this is a class where I think he could make a case for being the best. And what if he goes out there and just shreds these fucking guys? You know what right. I mean? Would his right. draft stock go up? So I think it also depends on how much you have to gain in that bowl game. And for quarterbacks, I think they have more to gain than position players. Just me personally, especially yeah. in a year where things are kind of bunched in together. Yeah. Well, and my, my favorite thing about bowl games, and I grew up going to bowl games again because the dad was a, was a referee. Yeah. I went to like 20 of them. Yeah. And like a, a, next week, I'm going to be on the sideline for the Myrtle Beach Bowl. And it's tell you Tulsa and ODU, right? Yeah. And and uh, Old Dominion was in the bottom ten seven weeks ago, and now they didn't play last year. Now they're going to be you know in a bowl game. But right. But but what what I'm always love about those bowl games, especially the smaller ones, most of those guys, it's the last time they're ever going to play football. Yeah. Like like they 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 might you know get on with the semi pro league. They might go to Europe. They might you know back in the arena ball days, maybe that, but, but for, for the majority of these guys, they're done. Is that? And so, and so that's what I think about when I think about bowl games is it's the last time to put that uniform on, but, but I totally understand it. 21, 22, yeah. you're thinking about the future, but I do think that one day you look back as an old man in a rocking chair and you, damn, if I could, if I could, if I could have put on my UVA Jersey, my LSU Jersey, whatever, one more time, man, what would I give to do it? I could have got a uh, free bag of Mayo. Yeah, man, get get your big old thing of mayo. And, yeah, a watch, a mayo watch, <laughs> a mayo yeah. watch. Hey, Come let me on, let me ask you this because, I, and by the way, I, I agree to each his own, and and I certainly, if I had sat out, I probably would have regretted it. And we still lost in heartbreaking fashion to uh, to the fucking Texas Tech Red Raiders and Mike Leach, who I then came to be friends with via drunk calls with Danny Amendola at one in the morning. Uh, and I, I, yeah, those guys are okay by me, uh, no grudges, but. I do hold a grudge against Peter Lalick for not knowing the the snap mechanics back in. You remember Peter Lalick? Oh yeah, he's sitting oh, there yeah. one time like, God damn, did I just catch a stray on a podcast in 2021? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what we're here for, man. <laughs> so who's so if, if if Ryan McGee is an athlete and you're staring there at the TV and you get you're bowl eligible and you're looking at this slate, what's the best bag that you can get from what? Like, what bowl game do you want to go to to get the best gifts this year? And overall experience, like taking the the prestige of the game out, like you as a guy who wants to walk away with some swag and spend yeah. some time somewhere fun, which bowl game are you looking at? All right, so, and again, I, I'm speaking from experience here because my, my dad officiated in 20-something ball games. I went to most of them. And so I would see, uh, you know, the officials get a watch or what a dad literally has a drawer full of watches. Um, he wears his Rose Bowl ring, all that stuff. But, but I'm telling you, the Holiday Bowl. Oh, it's a great bowl. Oh, dude, in San Diego, and you're in San Diego, which is a win right off the bat. And they take him to the zoo. They take him to the, like this big outdoor dinner at Balboa Park. Yeah, you know, they go down. They go. They they, they play like football on the beach. Yep. I mean, it's it, but, but like and, and and an underrated deal is the Outback Bowl in, in Tampa. Yep. Because same thing. That's the one where they're blooming you know, onion. They're, they're blooming onion. Personal and they're playing, they're playing onion. football on the beach, and and I know. They have what they call the gift suite, and 
you know, there's a limit supposedly for what you can give the athletes. Ain't nobody paying attention to that. Mm -hmm. And like it's Best Buy gift cards and it's Jordans. And it's like, literally it's, it looks like if you're my age, you remember when the wheel of fortune used to have the room full of you know, stuff. No question. You, you buy all this stuff. Oh my God, look at that. And that's, that's what those gifts switch. Let's yeah. You, you take me to San Diego or down to Tampa and you know, we can, we can ride on a pirate ship with our free watches, dude. That's, that's, <laughs> that's hey, I'll, say, Come I'll, on. Say this, I'll say this about the Mayo Bowl though. Um, they have a deal with Charlotte Motor Speedway. Oh, um, where the players get to ride shotgun with like, you know, NASCAR drivers. Oh, like I could, uh, I could definitely overcome the, no, the no. fear of the, the Mayo. If yeah. you think about the holiday bowl, like historically, what's the first one that comes to mind? BYU. Okay. For me, it's, it's, uh, Suggs and Sproles. It's, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that one sticks in my head, but holiday bowl has got some bangers in their history. I mean, I remember, I remember, I remember Ty Detmer had like two separated shoulders one year oh. and still, and still he had, he had won the Heisman and was hurt and like went to the holiday. I don't know who, who they play, but he, like he literally, you're I'm, never going to see up. that again. And he threw for like, you know, threw for like 500 something yards. Byron Leftwich yeah. in the fucking, uh, was it the New Orleans bowl with a broken leg or whatever it yeah, was? I mean, you're just never going to yeah. see that again. And that, and that's yeah. fine, but you're never going to see that again. All right. Couple quick hitters here. Coach that, that, um, that's, that's coaching in one of the lower bowls that people might not see. That's going to get a job in the next year or two. Well, I mean, I, the, uh, I, I say keep a guy right up the road from you. The, the guys at Old Dominion, that program didn't exist. And they took a team that I think won one game, didn't play any games. And at one point, we're like one in five or one in six this year. And now they're in the postseason. Yeah. And, and those are the guys, when I talk to athletic directors, they're talking about show me somebody who's building something. Yeah. Um, and is building it from nothing. And so the, I, you, know, you look at like Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, and it was a long time ago. He's at like Richmond, and he's at these places. UNC Charlotte, and he's digging at these places, and the ADs just love that because and also they can get them cheap. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, because us fans, we want to throw money at the big names, but yeah. people are doing their homework, and this guy has built something up. So I had um, Aiden Hutchinson on before you, so we yep. had Aiden on. I loved the kid. He was he was awesome, dude. I was like, we really hit it off. Did he come out of nowhere to you? Like we were yeah. talking about this. He had, I mean, I knew he he got a first round grade, bottom of the first round, all the way to third or whatever it was. But he had four and a half sacks his first three years, and then next thing you know, he's got fourteen this year, and he might be the number one pick in the draft. Was this a shock? Yeah, no, it was. And and him going to New York was. A stunner because yeah. I mean, I saw, so I'm at the SEC championship game and uh, we were doing Marty McGee down there. And Marty was going to work the Heisman ceremony and I'd written some scripts and all. We were, we were all in on Heisman. We were talking about is this the year? This is before Bryce Young just, you know, shredded Georgia a couple hours later. But we were talking about we've got a, we've got a defensive lineman at Georgia and we've got a, a linebacker at Alabama. And in our minds, one of those two guys could be the first in years to be a finalist right from the defensive side of the ball. And then the finalist list comes out and neither one of them anywhere close to it. And Aiden Hutchinson is going. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, but you look at what he did. Um it's in November, man. Right. They remember what you do in November. Yeah, exactly. And, and what he did down the stretch, whether it was Michigan State or whether it was the Big Ten championship or whether it was obviously the Ohio State game, 
but yeah, no, he, he, and I, I can sometimes get a little SEC obsessed in the middle of the year just because that's the nature of, of, of our gig. We do a show on SEC Network. But, I mean, yeah, he came out of nowhere. But, man, he's a monster. He's I mean, a, he's bigger. I think the thing that surprised me is he's all of 6'6". Six, six. I mean, that's a big right. deal. Because when you right. watch him, you might be like, damn, this kid's really strong. But he's not as springy as, like, uh, you know, like maybe a Will Anderson or something. Or he's not as, like, alien-built as... Um, uh, Thibodeau, but right. what he's got is great length. He plays hard. He's got good technique. I really do believe this kid's a safe pick in the top ten. I was going to ask you though, if you have Aiden, if you have Thibodeau in the same draft, if you have Will, like let's wave a magic wand. Who do you think turns out to be the best pro? Will's best player I saw in football. This yeah, year. Will's ridiculous. Yeah, he's ridiculous, and he's smart. Yeah. Um, you know. I tell you this, and this is something that, that – and I, I, I got to visit with Thibodeau. I went out to Oregon uh, the, the week before the Ohio State game. I got to visit with him. And I tell you, man, the, the most underrated part of this sport – Marty and I talk about this all the time – is all these guys are so damn smart. Yeah. Really and, and, yeah. and all they, all they do is work their butt off. Yeah. And, and, and it's – you cannot be a caveman – and, and play football like you could 20 years ago. You just can't. You know, it's just the, the nature of the game now just does not allow for that. So that that's the part that that is always – still that little bit of me, the kid from the 80s and the 90s, that expects to sit down with these guys and they just – they can't talk. Yeah. Because I, I experienced a lot of that. Yeah. When I was a kid going to football stands growing up, all these guys they can get in so the board. They can, they, can, oh. they can talk to the media now. It's like – because everything's trial by fire. Yep. You know, yeah. it's like they don't have a choice. So, Ryan McGee, you're hitting a bunch of bowl games. Are you going to the Bahamas Bowl, man, by chance? Did you draw any of these, like, really uh, warm weather hangout kind of bowls? I keep lobbying. Like, as soon as that, that – so it's funny. You got all these bowl games, and I have no problem with all the bowl games. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And you got you got all these bowl games. And uh, as soon as the Myrtle Beach Bowl was announced a couple of years ago, Marty and I immediately – like, we were doing our <laughs> show and the press release came out. We're like, why in the hell are we not – Working this game, so we worked yeah. it last year, yeah. and we're going to work it on Monday. Okay, um, and we've already we're going to get down to waves, wings, whatever. One of the the five dollar t shirts. So we're going to buy some hoodies and mm-hmm. get the, we're going to do the shark tooth necklace. Good, we're do yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. That's perfect. That's where I grew up. Yeah, I grew yes. up going there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's going to be amazing. And so yeah, we're going to do that. Gel and, your uh, hair a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. No, I do that anyway. Yeah, you know, Marty. You know, Marty does. Yeah, <laughs> Marty's got. Yeah, but, but Marty's is like incredible. Does Marty worry about the wind, or does the wind just not bother no, that? I, d- I do. So, so the great myth of Marty McGee. We talk about hair on the show all the time. The great, the, the great guy's got some fucking lettuce, that, yeah, dude. But but people are like, people assume he uses a lot of products, and I don't. I use way more than he does because he just does one handful of goop. And he's done. He's Jimmy Neutron. So he's just ja- he, one one gob yeah. of gel and just... Whoosh. He's done. Me, I got to shellac that stuff. Otherwise, a wind starts... You know what, though? Right. You might be you, you you might be one of the most underappreciated uh, out, of, out of a duo when it comes to lettuce. Like, I think everybody thinks Marty. This guy's got... Yeah. Ryan McGee's got great lettuce. Marty's just... He's just... It's real showy. It's like my dad's flat top. And no, by the way, little- my dad's flat top doesn't... He doesn't do anything to that. Oh, he just he just wakes up. He wakes That's up what, and it's standing yeah. at attention, dude. And I'm not talking yeah. about I'm talking about his hair. <laughs> yeah, at his at his age and, and, and whatever standing yeah. at whatever standing attention, dude, we're good, in. dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan McGee, dude, thank you so much for coming on and enjoy all the bowl games, bro. 
Happy holidays. You y'all call me anytime. Yes, sir. You have a great holiday, buddy. Cowboy Reed, I'm going on vacation, man. You don't like burn this place down. Don't have a party. Well, you could have a party. Just don't Thanks. burn it down. All right, cool. Yeah, we won't burn it down. So I'm going to the beach. I'm going to be down in the Caribbean. I feel like we should do a scavenger hunt. Like if I could do X, I get a certain amount of points. If I see a sea turtle, I get a certain amount of points. If I see a barracuda, I get a certain amount of points. If I get drunk and pass out on the beach, how many points do I get? You can have 50 points. 50 and points. Meg gets 75. If she, if she just for pull. dealing with me. Yeah, just to deal with you. The last time we went to this spot uh, in the Caribbean, I was with Sam Bradford. And this is, uh, I think it was, Meg was pregnant with Waylon. So this was like uh, a big trip for us. And this is before things got, I can't do what I'm about to describe anymore. I got really drunk on the beach and uh, ended up, I woke up in the middle of the night and peed in my suitcase. I just stood there and peed in my suitcase in the corner. So that kind of ruined the vacation. Uh, she's a trooper vacationing with me, but I don't know if anybody at home has ever thought the suitcase was the toilet. I did. No problem this week, though, because you're going without a suitcase, right? I'm going without a suitcase, so I'm not going to pee in my suitcase this week. This is what I'm doing. I'm avoiding having a suitcase so I don't pee in it. That You think I can pull that off with no suitcase? I do. You also can't forget your suitcase if you're not planning to bring one. Matt, great points, and- man. <laughs> because the last trip I went on, I forgot my suitcase, and the last time I went to the this resort in the Caribbean, I peed in my suitcase. Yeah, and it's 100 points if you can go without buying any clothes while you're there. No, that's not going to happen. You guys Google the soggy dollar. Google that shit right now, and that's where I'm going to be. I'm probably going to do that Sunday, and I'm supposed to do... By the way, we should tell you this. I'm going to do the show on Monday morning, so the show's going to come out uh, Monday afternoon for your drive home. Now all you guys work at home, like, what the fuck do you call it? Like, why, like, why are you even listening to podcasts? You're not riding in the car. You guys are sick listening to me sitting at home. Yeah, Soggy Dollar. It's a swim-up bar. It's like a, it's a, an island, and it's a bunch of bars, and people come from other islands. So I'll be there. Look for me. If anybody's at the Soggy Dollar uh, and listens to the Green Light Pod, we're going to have a good time. And one more thing. We're going to play out with this Russian guy. So I got a tweet that evidently there's a Philly um, radio station that plays their their show out with a Russian guy. And I, it's unconfirmed if it's the same Russian guy, but if it is, this is insane, dude. Preston and Steve, I think is the show. The Preston and Steve show. So I think it's on 933WMRR. And I think I'm gonna go on there soon. I had no idea, dude, so I'm sorry to step on your Russian TV uh, turf, but I gotta hear if it's the same song or not. We're gonna keep playing it out with our new outro. Uh, but we will cease and desist if it's the same guy, dude. There's no chance I'm going to be parking my car in the same garage as a Philly radio station with the same guy from Russian TV. So let us know. Same music. Can we coexist? My sincere apologies. All right. Uh, You guys take care here, and uh, we'll be back next Monday afternoon. It'll be myself, and um, I have no idea who I'll be with. Maybe just Cowboy Reed. Not just Cowboy Reed. Cowboy Reed. All right, take take care. Oh, 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 oh.